Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know they say that it feels right, it feels right, it feels right, yeah. You know they say that it feels right. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Layups Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Radke. I'm here with Julian Andrews. Julian, up. what is up? Super Bowl Sunday. I yeah. mean, it's, it's already happened if you're listening, but for us. For us. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, hopefully you're having a good, hopefully you had a really nice time watching the Super Bowl. Not having a party. Yeah, hopefully you didn't have a super spreader event at your house. Mm-hmm. If you did, please don't do that again. Yeah, or like don't get don't go to work this week. Yeah, if if you decided to do that, um, don't go to work. Um, but let's talk about the Timberwolves just for a hot second. Um, okay, sure. I today love talking we're gonna, about the Timberwolves. It's always it, so uplifting. Today, a quick rundown. We're going to talk about the Timberwolves a little bit. We're going to talk about former Timberwolves around the league, which I think is going to be fun. Um, we have some good news because we have a sponsor. We'll get to that later. <laughs> um, we'll go through headlines. We have some sports cards talk. And then we, of course, have our restaurant of the week. Um, so the Timberwolves won and they lost against the Thunder. Um, I, I mean... We, we talk about this all the time. Like, what do you take away from it? The Thunder are 10 and 12. They're not a very good team. But to get to get a win, um, you know, I think on Friday night uh, was great. The very next night, D'Angelo Russell doesn't play and they lose. So um, overall, the Wolves are 6 and 17. Um, second worst in the league last week. The last time we recorded, they had the worst record in the league. Um, about three and a half games out. What's interesting is the team that is in 14th place in the West, which nobody would have thought are the Dallas Mavericks. That's the yeah. next closest team to the Timberwolves in the standings, which makes me feel like the Timberwolves, like, I mean, it's it's a tough, like, I think the Mavericks will eventually bounce back, but it just goes to show, like, the distance between the Timberwolves and some of these other teams, I think. I have a lot of happy Knicks fans as friends right now who have the Mavs unprotected first. Mm, that's juicy. Yeah. Yeah. So Kristaps, like, I mean, it's hard to say if the issues with the Mavs are really about Kristaps and Doncic or if it's about everything else, because I think we might have just like, you know, Luca and Kristaps are good. And so I think we might have overestimated everybody else on that team. Like, I don't really think anybody else on that team is realistically a third option on a What, like Tim Hardaway Jr. is your third best guy? Yeah. You know, if they, I, I feel like if those two stars weren't as good, we'd be roasting the Mavs for, like, thinking that that was possible, you know? Yeah. And, like, I mean, the Mavericks are interesting because they were better than I think a lot of people thought last year. Right, And yeah. they were able to space the floor. 
um, and that was kind of their MO, but then, Mm -hmm. but nobody could defend. So then this year they, and that's, I mean, that's what every team has to go through, right? Like you go through what your identity is and like, you try to figure out how you can best balance it. And then this year they got rid of a lot of that outside shooting Mm -hmm. and um, like some of their just numbers from three went down naturally because that's i think sometimes you just naturally regress but then when you get rid of those guys like that's kind of what happens and you get like josh richardson and um that i mean that's a big reason why things didn't work out in philadelphia last year and then philadelphia gets some of these shooters and they're good um so uh anyways about the timberwolves quick um while i think that it's fair to question some of their moves over the years um I do think that the, like Gerson Rosas and the, the, the Timberwolves front office has done a pretty good job of getting these, like the, we call them the fringe guys. Right. And they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily like the Timberwolves have like a lot of really nice pieces that are like six to six to eighth guys. Yeah. that should be rotations. Um, the problem is they have a bunch of guys in the top five that I don't know how good they are, but um I want to talk about Jaden McDaniels quick, just for like two seconds. Um, 28th overall draft pick um, out of Washington. He's 20 years old, but like he's extremely raw. He's six foot nine, like 180 pounds. He looks like he could be 16 when you see him out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't, it's probably, it's too early to call. I mean, he's shooting 37% from the field. And like, you look at his stats, you're not going to be blown away. But I think if you're a Timberwolves fan, he's a fun player to watch. Um, because he's one of these guys that is just going to get better and better over time. And to get a late round pick on him, I, th- I think, um, you know, for, for as many things as the, the Timberwolves have done that are questionable, I think getting guys like, like Nas Reed had like 29 points on Saturday night yeah. against the Thunder. Um, they do have some like intriguing pieces. Unfortunately, intriguing pieces really don't mean a whole lot if they aren't equating to wins. I mean, I don't think that, yeah, I'm trying to think like maybe Culver aside, and, you know, you know, there were definitely kind of other circumstances surrounding that pick. You know, maybe that aside, the Wolves are, haven't been horrible at drafting. Like, that's no. not really been there. That's not been their issue. Um, and, you know, anytime you can get a productive player outside of the top 15 picks, that's a win. So, yeah, definitely credit where credit is due. Being able to evaluate the later stages of the draft is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and most teams get it wrong. A lot of the guys that get picked even late in the first round don't really have NBA careers. And I think if you look at like, you know, McDaniels and Nasreed and some of these guys, it's like, yeah, you know, if, if you can get like Jalen Noel is another guy, right? Like a backup player Vanderbilt. Isn't he yeah. kind of a late guy? So it's, you know, yeah, this is definitely a skill set. It's just, it's not the, it's not the most, I'm not going to say it's not the most important because this is also like, this is how the Warriors like managed to stay relevant partially. I mean, other than their superstars, but you know, like they built that bench through doing exactly this so that it's an important skill set, but you have to be able to also get the top guys. And that's been the, that's been the hard part. Yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of top guys, let's talk about some of the guys that used to be Timberwolves. Um, <laughs> our Wait. Old can we pause for a second? Just talk about like when you said the Mavs, do you remember when the the Wolves were about to trade Jimmy Butler for Josh Richardson? And we were all like, that's a fantastic idea. Yeah. Turns out that wouldn't have been fantastic. I'm glad we didn't do that. Also, one more note on the Mavs ish. Uh, is Seth Curry just like the ultimate helps the team win guy in the league? 
You know, it seems like it, right? Because like, he was really good on the Blazers. Like he was on that team that they went to the Western Conference Finals, and then he went to the Mavs, and they had the most, like, one of the best like offenses ever, I think. And then um, now he's on Philly, and they're crushing. I mean, he's shooting forty nine percent from yeah, the three point line. It's nuts. He, I just feel like that's just a guy that's always going to make a team better. But anyway, yeah, he's. I mean, I think a lot of it gets discounted because for the first four years of his career, he didn't really do anything. And I've heard a lot. And I think it was like, Oh, he's Steph's brother. Like that's fun. That's cute. Um, And then it's like, Oh wait, no, he's like one of the best three point shooters in the league. And um, he's playing 27 minutes per game on the best team in the Eastern conference. Like, Hmm, maybe he's actually just really good. We started Um, calling him grungy Steph in my house. Grungy Steph. Yeah. Cause he just looks like a slightly alt version of Steph. It was yeah. perfect news in Portland because it was like Steph was like Bay Area, like, you know, pretty put together. And then yeah. uh, Seth just kind of had his beard and his long hair and his headband. Like, and it was for Portland. It was perfect. Like you were trying to create a player in NBA 2K and yeah, <laughs> it, you wanted him to look like Steph as much as you could. But you just like really coun't. You, you couldn't, couldn't get, get it. it. You couldn't. Your yeah. phone wasn't working, so you couldn't actually pull up a picture. Yeah. You're like, ah, this, this is close enough. <laughs> um, okay. Um Let's look at our old friends around the league. Uh, okay, so let's break this down. Uh, Zach Levine, we'll go w- with him first. Um, how do the Wolves get him and how do they get rid of him? They drafted him 14th overall, and this is the draft where Flip Saunders basically said that he liked Levine, but I, if I remember right, going into it, he kind of hinted at how he wasn't going to take him um, just because he was a lot of work. And the whole time he had a piece of paper written with Zach Levine's name on it in his pocket which I don't know if that was like a reminder that he should take him. Um, take Zach. <laughs> it was just concerning, I guess. But uh, I mean, you're talking about one of the best picks, like mid-round picks. Um, like I think Donovan Mitchell gets a lot of talk um, for being a, like a like a late lottery mid-first-round pick. Giannis. The difference is Giannis, yep, for sure, obviously. Um, Zach doesn't get talked about enough because his teams haven't won. But what he's doing this year, like – uh, 27 points per game, 5.3 uh, rebounds per game, 5.3 assists per game, 51.2 field goal percentage, 41 three-point percentage. Those are, are all career highs. And I get like the winning, well, is he a winning player? Except the Bulls are 9-13 and 13 right now and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I can't imagine having those stats and not having that, like, he. I mean, every right. other time yeah. he shoots. And, and then you look at that roster and you're like, okay, who else is, like Kobe White's fine, like some of these other guys, but it's like, who else is the guy there? Right. I mean, he gets this label of being like a good stats, bad team guy. And I think that's kind of misconstrued. Um, just because like, if you think about a good stats, bad team guy, like that implication is that he wouldn't be getting the same stats on a good team. Yeah. I don't think that's true at all with Levine. Like maybe not this, maybe not these stats, but this is like to average 27 points, five rebounds five assists in the nba you're not like that's not a fluke you know so it's like when i think of a good stats bad team guy it's like i don't know like ish smith averages 17 points on the wizards you know so it's not like levine an all-star averages 27 points you know so i don't know i don't think that's really fair i think that we're also weirdly selective about who we apply that label to and like, who do we, how do we decide who like needs more help and who is like a good stats, bad team guy. It's it, I've been talking about this. Whoops. I just hit my mic. Um, even I've been talking about this for years 
And I don't know. I feel like we've had this conversation a lot of times before, but like we talk about this with Cat. It's like we're always like, oh, Cat like needs more guys around him. But we would never call Cat a good stats, bad team guy, even though yeah. he's in the same position as Zach Levine. So I mean, I don't know. You you can't you can't knock what Levine is doing. You just you can't average twenty seven points in the NBA unless you're really good. Uh, yeah, on evish on efficient shooting. Right. I, yeah. Fifty one percent from the field, forty one percent from three. Like. Come if on. we if we can get Zach Levine and the Bulls into that tenth seed where they're at least playing like the play in game in the playoffs, and yeah. if they could like, I mean, I think they're only like a game or two back from uh uh like the the Hawks at the six seed even. So like you can we if you, get the Hawks out of there. I don't like the Hawks. We but if we could get the <laughs> if we can get the Bulls in there and get Zach Levine in a seven yeah. game series and he averages yeah. like thirty points per game, um, I think he'll get a little bit more respect. Awesome. Uh, okay, Julian, a your Bulls, guy. A Bulls Bucks or a Bulls Celtics series would be fun. That would be fun. I mean, anything to get. I don't think the, they'd win, but it would be fun. get swept. But yeah. Um, okay, your guy, Julian, Robert Covington. My guy. How do the How do the Wolves get him? How did they get rid of him? Um, well, they got rid of him in the uh, the trade last year, which inadvertently brought D, uh, Malik Beasley and in. in uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez and a first round pick on the pur- rock on purpose brought Hernan Gomez and Beasley. Yes. But I guess what I'm saying is like he went to the Rockets. The oh rock, yeah. Like, yeah. It was like that 14. Yeah. 14 I don't deal. even know who, who all went where and why in that. Yeah. Trade. Like Noah, Noah, a, Noah the, Vonley, the Wolves blew up the team and Rocco got sent away. They sent Noah Vonley to Alaska. Um, yeah. Kate Bates Diop is just like, in a car, if they're still he driving. To, he went to Shanghai. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know <laughs> they where they're going to drive. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the Wolves got him in the Jimmy Butler trade. He was considered the big piece. Yeah. Um, Julian, he's with your Portland uh, Trailblazers uh-huh. this year. He's doing fine. Uh, seven points, uh, seven rebounds per game. Tough shooting. He's underperforming. Uh, I, yeah. He's not doing that great. I mean, it's it's okay. I mean, he's been, he's looking good the last couple of games. I don't know. I really like Covington. I think he's a very useful player. His contract is great. Like I, I'm not gonna. I don't think he's the difference between winning and losing a championship. Um, but at the same time, I am very happy to have him on the team. I think that in retrospect, the, the Wolves totally got robbed. <laughs> if you're thinking about Jimmy Butler, yeah, Covington and Dario Saric. I agree, and I think we like, we try to convince ourselves Wait, that is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And then uh, Jared, Jared Bayless too. Um, now that was the piece that got away. Who I don't think has played in, a, in the. In, you always know a guy like, like Jared Bayless. I don't think has played in an NBA game since the Timberwolves acquired him. And I would bet you sure. that the Timberwolves have more of those guys that just played their last game with the Timberwolves and then never played again. And I don't yeah. think that's a that's not a great sign for your team. No, not um, at all. Covington's one of those weird guys who. He's either super underrated or he's super overrated. It never seems like he's just like, we can't just like let him be. Well, he was like the worst kept secret. You know, it's like, yeah, everyone is like, he's so underrated. And then everyone said he's underrated. And so that kind of made him become overrated. So I, I, you know, he is what he is and he's a good NBA player and he's definitely a starter on a good team, but he's not going to, he's just like not that much of a scorer. You watch him and his, I was thinking like, okay, like is peak robert covington like clay thompson light and it's like maybe yeah, like just, if, 
if his shooting got way, if if like he catches fire, like he has these streaks where he he'll like be hitting from three, and you're like, okay, this guy's like a really good defender, especially off ball. Like his his deflections and the stuff he does like within the team concept are better than his individual defense. Um, but then I'm like, he just doesn't quite know how to move in the way you would want from an off ball. He doesn't really know how to find spots. He takes too many shots that are kind of contested. Um, he doesn't know how to relocate as well as you would want. So he's just, he's a solid guy and I don't, and I really like him as a person. So, isn't he more of you know. like the, isn't the comparison more of like a better shooting Draymond green? You would hope he's not as good as, as a facilitator. Yeah. That's, that's fair. You're right. He does. He, a lot of his moves are very herky jerky. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like it doesn't really have a one-on-one game. It's okay, though. I mean, this yeah. is the thing. You just have to know what to expect from him and not make him do things that are not his game. It's true. Uh, okay, let's go to Andrew Wiggins out in Golden State. Wait, and when I again? Uh, all-star <laughs> Andrew Wiggins. Is he really going to be an all-star? That's insane. I'm sorry. I hope so, because then I'm, we'll see Timberwolves Twitter burn. Um, That's true. And That's I'm, exactly I, I, what we've all been waiting for. for the do, last I think that, do I think he's, going, he's an all-star? No. But what I will say to people being like, well, his numbers are actually pretty similar to what they were in Minnesota. Yes, on the like, if you're if you're just looking at, okay, 18 points per game, five rebounds per game, two assists per game. Now the kicker here is that he's shooting 47 percent from the field, 39 percent from the three point line, 56 percent true shooting, which are all career highs. We're not seeing the inefficient Wiggins. We're not seeing like the five for 24 games, right. and he and he scores 18 points. We're seeing. Wiggins being like he's six for 13 tonight, you know, and he's two for four from the three point line and he got to the free throw line. Um, Wiggins isn't going to be like the 28 point per game guy that we once thought he was, but if he can average 18 points per game, make half of the shots that he attempts and shoots right around that 40% from the three point line, that's a huge win. Yeah. I mean, the problem, I mean, Wolves fans are always, it's like there are two types of Wolves fans. There are the Wolves fans who are dead set on convincing themselves that Wiggins is and will always be terrible in order to justify the Delo trade. And then there are Wolves fans who always thought that Wiggins was awesome mm -hmm. and never thought we should have traded him. But there's nobody saying like, oh, he's turning himself into a, well, I guess you may, are now the first one. So congratulations. Thank you. He's like turning himself into a productive NBA player in a way better environment where he's not expected to carry the load. And that's what's happening. I do not think he should be an all-star. I think it's a huge overreaction and for sure a, a feature of him being in the Bay. But at the same time, like good for him. I, I want him to, I, you know, I want Wiggins to succeed. It sucked what happened to him here. He had, you know, the expectations were really, really high. He came in i mean i don't have to reiterate this for wolves fans we yeah. all know what happened with andrew wiggins you know but he just it's nice to see him succeeding but i i don't think he'll ever be an all-star and i think that once you kind of let that go you know and i think that the warriors didn't expect him to be an all-star and that's helped him yeah like I mean, he he just fits their team really well if you meet him as a person he's not he's not a, like gonna go he's not like a killer and that's been that's kind of a cliche and like a lot of wolves writers have said that but if he doesn't have to be that and he doesn't on the on the warriors it's gonna be way better off yeah i, I agree and i think just overall i i think sometimes the like new new scenery is it, it it can be overused and used as a crutch for guys 
because I, th- I think that we don't put enough blame on like whether it's coaches or, or yeah. the team Wiggins was like the clear cut. He needed to go somewhere else because the team rotated through guys around Wiggins and it never really worked for him. And it really didn't work for the team. Um, so not, you can't build a team around Wiggins. No, you can't do it. No, he, if Wiggins is one of your top two guys, you're, you're in trouble. Good. Yeah. If, if, if he's, if you have a, I mean, the, the thing with the Warriors that's so unique is they have Steph and then they have four pretty good players after him. And obviously, you know, with, with Clay's injury, but, um, you know, like they're, they're just such a unique team. And that just, I think when you see some of these other players, like, uh, well, I mean, Kelly, Kelly Oubre was balling out last year, but like when you see Wiggins take that next step and you see some of these other guys, it just shows how freaking good Steph Curry is right. and how good <laughs> he makes his teammates. On, and Draymond, on, honestly, yeah. like the way Draymond supports and like coaches up his teammates and holds them accountable. There's just, it's a championship caliber organization. And, but like you just said it, like in golden state, Andrew Wiggins is expected to be on the same level as Kelly Oubre, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I love Kelly Oubre. So, I mean, I'm really glad to see him break out last night or a couple, not last night, a couple nights ago. So that was awesome. But it's like, if you're expecting Andrew Wiggins to be kind of a Kelly Oubre style player, you're going to have a lot more success than if you expect him to be a Kevin Durant style player. Well, and when I think Wiggins, it must've been like two weeks ago, he just said the culture in golden state is different and everybody in wolves land got so annoyed. They're no like, shit. well, what is he saying about the culture in Minnesota? It's like, our team sucks. Like yeah, we never do culture, anything. The culture in Minnesota is there's zero consistency year to year. Yeah, like he I plays want the Timberwolves to win every year. But it's like you can't be mad when you say that there's no con- like there there's there, the culture is not good in Minnesota. Or I mean, he didn't even say that. He just said the culture in Golden State was different. Well, of course it's different. Yeah. Do you think it's the one culture- of the best teams in the last hundred years? Yeah. If you're if you if you're a Wolves fan and you're sitting here thinking that the Wolves have a similar culture to the Warriors, you're out of your mind. Like. Yeah, that's great. And I think that the Timberwolves did a good job when, when Gerson Rosas got hired of building this, like, people want to play here and yeah. we, we need to, like, we want to treat the players well. And, like, of course that's good. But, I mean. I don't think the Wolves have a bad culture. I, I, I like, no. Especially on the player side. Like, I, I mean, Gerson Rosas, they do a good job. They, they're, like, a, a quality organization, or at least they're moving in that direction. And so that's good. But if you're talking about on the court and accountability and a lot of the things that we talked about a couple episodes about, about things like expectations of players, it's, it's not even close. The Warriors, obviously the Warriors know what it takes to win a championship. They just won a bunch of them. The, the Wolves have never won one. So it's like, of course it's different. Of course it's different. Uh, something to watch for. Speaking of that uh, last week, I forget what game it was. Um, they all blend together, but uh, D'Angelo Russell and, uh, Oh, it's against the Spurs, the meltdown against the Spurs. Um, seemed, looked like some tension between D'Angelo Russell and Ryan Saunders. So something to something to keep an eye on. Something to watch. Um, okay, we have really good news now. Um, Julian, we have a sponsor. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so brushing your teeth is a good thing to do. So just That's you guys know that. Say. You guys, yeah. you should brush your teeth. Um, so get grippy. Uh, grippy, it's, it's a new toothbrush. Um, it's not electric. It's, it's just your basic toothbrush. The designs are really cool on these toothbrushes. Um, I think that they're really, really good toothbrushes probably for traveling. It seems, um, or just like around the house. I think kids actually will probably like them a lot too, just cause their designs are really awesome. Um, but yeah, they're, they're great. They're inexpensive. 
go to their website, getgrippy.com. We're really happy that we can offer this deal 20% off, which is, I think it's like, it saves you like two or three or four bucks. Um, yeah, these are the not, let's, let's, these are not crazy expensive toothbrushes. They will not break the bank. I know there are a lot of toothbrushes out there that are like a hundred dollars. That's crazy. Yeah. Th um, this is not that toothbrush. I have a electric toothbrush that is never charged. And so I need a grippy to use when my electric toothbrush is not charged. Yeah. And, and the, traveling, I, I, I really, as soon as you sent me this link, I was like, oh, I need to get one of these. They're, they're awesome. And the, the, the cool thing is they have this uh, little mark on the toothbrush for your thumb, which seems silly, but then you realize the reason your thumb is there. It's so you're brushing at the right angle. They call it, I, I don't know what they call it. It's like the XX mark. There's, some, there's some serious uh, physicists and, and really hard, hardcore scientists. Yeah, this. they want your teeth clean and so do we so do we that's why we we're offering the promo code layups layups go type it in on checkout on, on their website and you'll get 20 percent off any order if you do an order of like the the four um like the four family brush thing i think you get like 10 bucks off. i mean it's it's a really good deal go check them out type in layups because it, it helps us um not so much financially but just showing sponsors that our customers or, or our listeners um, they pay attention and they support us. So that'd be great. And, if, and cool. speaking of support, thank you to everybody that's sending us notes about restaurants they've tried that we've launched. Yeah, that's that we've, awesome. That, that we've pitched on this podcast. It's so cool to see messages come in saying like, hey, we got one last week saying, hey, I tried Baludo's. I always wanted to try it. I, after listening to your podcast, I, I had to do it. It was such great pizza. And that's awesome because... It's less about us and more about the restaurants. Um, so that's great. That's a good segue to just go into our restaurant of the week. Um, Stray Dog in Northeast Minneapolis. Um, we actually got take up from there last night on Saturday. Um, I got the fish tacos. They were very good. The wings are also very good. Um, what do they do well? Uh, you know, it's, it's just like really good bar food. So if you're in the mood for just like greasy food and stuff that is going to make you feel good, for an hour and maybe the next morning you decide you have need to go for a long run. Um, that this is the place, um, go check them out. Tell them 10,000 layups sent you. They'll be confused, but very nice. They'll be, um, they'll be happy. When COVID's over, we got to start sampling some of these together. When Kyle says we went there, he means him and his fiance. He does not mean him and me, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, when COVID's over, we got to start trying some of these restaurants together doing joint reviews. Yeah, I agree. I'm in. Um, maybe they'll give us a good free appetizer if we do. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be nice. Good. Yeah, free. I'm I'm all here for free appetizers. Uh, okay, let's go on. Uh, read some headlines. Um, ESPN.com top NBA headlines. I don't think either of us has really seen these. Um, Curry's 57 points, not enough as Luca and Mavs roll. Um, reminder: Steph Curry's still really good, and the Mavericks got a win that they really needed. So that's that. Uh, Durant eligible to join to rejoin Nets on Friday. Julian, what you, a weird situation, dude. This is messed up. It is so you, weird. Can you explain this to me? Because I was I I, I kind of got caught up on it yesterday a little bit. But so Durant basically was. It, it, like, tell me if I'm wrong here. He was held out because they said there was contact tracing, and then like he was able to go into the game. I think he and then they pulled was, him. I think he was pulled from the game 
mm-hmm. because of contract tracing, or, or at least like ruled out very early. And don't take my word for this, but I my my I feel bad that I am not that I'm not brushed up completely on the details. But the gist of it was that the NBA essentially told him he could play. He was playing. They pulled him, and then they maybe like let him back in, and then they pulled him again. Um, so it's just this weird situation where it's like they haven't really effectively protected anyone. They've made KD mad. Like, we're still playing. Like, we've talked about this a lot. We're still playing NBA games with COVID going on. I don't know. It's like this weird thing where I get that they, they say they're trying to be as safe as possible, but it's like hard to justify all this weirdness and like pulling a player like t- twice within a game like how do you how do you not know this like if you're if you're really doing like if you're really being careful you don't let him play in the first place if you're if you don't care you you let him play and honestly like right now it seems like the nba doesn't really care because they're having all these games anyway so it's kind of like I just nobody wins in these types of situations when there's all this confusion and the NBA, if it's not clear about its own protocols, that's a problem. And like the players don't know what's going on. The NBA clearly doesn't know what's going on. I don't know. It's just a mess. It's not good. And now they're having the all-star game. LeBron's mad about it. Like, well, that's my next line. Um, Next headline. So I'm glad you said that Uh, Giannis Harden Kawhi latest to oppose all-star game plan. And do you know why? Because it's they a don't really bad get idea. Freaking COVID! <laughs> yeah, like why? I, I I don't understand. It's it's so and it, well, we do understand, right? It's it's the money, but it's why, why? Like honest too. I mean, they've the, done they've done such a good job the NBA throughout the years of like being the the league that like doesn't give a shit about or acting like they don't give a shit about uh, yeah, other right. things, like right where they're like, no, we're gonna do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And this year has been like the exact opposite where they continue just to make bad decisions. And it's not in the best interest of anybody, but the league. It's like the, the one thing that the NBA can hang its hat on right now in terms of its COVID response is that teams is this kind of uh, like series thing where teams are just playing like a team twice or like, Mm -hmm. you know, like you're kind of getting your, you're somewhat limiting your exposure to other teams because I mean, it's tenuous, like clearly, cause I'm struggling to explain it, but you know, because you're playing teams multiple times, you're just ex- being exposed repeatedly to the same players. And you're not doing too much traveling. You know what an all-star game is? It's like a player from every team or not every team, but <laughs> it's like, okay, so you're going to take all of these supposedly isolated environments and pick a representative from well, each it, one of them to come together and play a contact sport. But then you're going to go sit on the bench and wear your masks. And, it, it just makes and, no goddamn sense. And what are young players going to do that are all-stars in a city where they don't really have like any real responsibility? Like they're probably going to go out. Yeah. Which like, is fine, but you're giving them a break and they're like, not every player is going to sit in a room like they're supposed to. Um, so this to ask be them a nightmare for the league, if they yeah. play this game, half of the people are going to sit out. They're going to think... name replacement all-stars. Everyone's going to get mad about like the all-star pool being diluted basically, you know, cause you're going to have people playing in a game that weren't all-stars. It's, I agree. It's, it's it's very bad. You know, that's the scenario where Andrew Wiggins could actually become an all-star. And I don't mean, I don't like, I'm not trying to make light of COVID, but like, 
if half the players sit out and they have to name 10 replacement players, like what are you just going to like go down the list until you find somebody who's willing to put themselves at risk? Like it's insane. It's, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's bad. I agree. Yeah. It's not very smart. Uh, on that same vein, we talked about this before. NBA teams avoid Super Bowl watch parties. Uh, we we know that. Right. I, think, I think we do. I don't know. Um, and last one, Lamelo has a career high thirty four points in loss to Jazz. Uh, Lamelo Ball fourteen points, six rebounds, six assists, one point four steals per game. Um, he looks really good. Yeah, he does. And I kind of I wonder if that'll be his stat line for his whole career. Yeah, we'll see. He's a lot of fun. He is. He'll do behind the back passes for absolutely no, no reason, reason, which is yeah. really fun. If <laughs> we need more of that in the league, it's like, yeah, I don't know if his, his passing abilities really add to, I don't know if the success rate on his passes is all that different from any other guy, but the fact that he'll do like a three sixty behind the back for literally no reason is, is fun. So, yeah, I like I like Lamelo. Um, I think all th- the first three guys in that draft, Edwards, Lamelo, and uh, Wiseman, um, they're all going to be good. I think they're all going to be really good. Um, yeah. Um, okay, let's go to Kyle's card corner, which we're oh, still yeah. we're still taking names. So I've had a lot of questions, mostly on Twitter, of people asking like they're going through their old cards and they're saying, "Okay, how do I get rid of these?" Uh, and then they ask how do I know which cards I should grade? Okay. So I want to explain to the people what grading is and how you should decide whether it's a greater card or not. So basically grading is a system in which you send a card in to, uh, there's PSA, there's, um, uh, BGS, which is Beckett. Uh, you know, if you remember as a kid, you had the Beckett magazines to, to look up your cards and there's a few other ones that are, less reputable, reputable, which I would probably stay away from if I were you. But so I, I use PSA for, for all of mine. Um, but basically, yeah, what you're doing is you're, when, when you're looking at the card, you want to make sure it looks like it's in really, really good condition. And this means look at the corners. What does the surface look like? What, what does the centering look like on the card? Uh, which, you know, to answer that, you probably need another card of that same set to like compare. Um, It it sounds silly, but all of these things really do matter. And uh, you know, how how do you decide whether or not you should send a card into grading? Well, look at what the, the service you're going to use is. So um, I, I would really recommend going through a third party to send in your cards because they get like a bulk discount rate. You don't have to worry about, sending it in. You don't have to worry about setting up insurance. They do everything for you. It may be like a dollar per card more, which is whatever. Um, but like, let's say it's $17 to send a card in, which is I think what the, the price is for PSA right now. And that is called your economy service, which means you're probably not going to get that card back for six to nine months. And there are other services where you can pay more money to get the card back sooner. Uh, yeah. It takes a long time. I still have cards. When did we submit those? Yeah, so we Julian, we submitted Julian submitted a Luka Doncic Donruss rookie and a Trey Young red, white, and blue rookie, a Shea Gildas Alexander optic blue velocity, and a Jaron Jackson Jr. green prism. Um, and we put those on the 25 day uh service, and that was back in October. Yeah, and it's been more than 25 days, and oh, that's not, we're not they, holding it against them. 
and they're not even in the grading. So basically it's like, if you're trying to make a, like a quick flip, you almost need to do like the five business day option, but then, yeah. then you need to understand, okay, if I'm spending a hundred dollars to get this grade in five days, is it worth it? Um, right. And, and, you know, and that, then you get into the whole game of like, you know, it, like, for example, if you got a card of Patrick Mahomes three weeks ago and you wanted to get it, you wanted to get it, uh, graded before Super Bowl Sunday or right after, um, that's like the service you would probably use, I guess, just cause you're looking to, to turn around quickly, but, um, okay. So how do you figure out whether to grade a card? Now, what I do generally is I go through all the cards that I think I want graded. So if I open a pack or a box or I'm going through something, I'm basically putting away all the cards that are like, okay, if these cards are in the best condition, I'll get them graded. So I put them in a pile, whatever. And then what I'll do is I'll go through again and just look at the cards, which can take some time. You're, you're looking for all those things. Um, then I'll put them aside. And then what I'll do is I'll go on eBay and I'll, I'll, I'll type in, um, you know, you know, Luka Doncic, Donris rookie PSA nine or PSA 10, whatever I think the card is. Generally, if it's below a PSA eight for modern cards, you should just not get it graded. Um, yeah. you know, and it's, it's tough. What's the difference between eight and nine? It's, you know, who's, who's really to say, but look at your, the recently sold cards on eBay of that same thing and then ask yourself okay is it worth it for me to pay twenty dollars to send this in or can i sell it raw i mean if the difference is ten dollars between a raw yeah. and a psa 9 it's like well don't send it in if the difference is a hundred dollars well i mean that's it's, it's simple math right um so yeah i mean the easiest way to do it though is find your local card shop see if they do grading and, and, and talk to them about how you can enter their program, which it's, it's generally pretty inexpensive for how easy they make it. Um, that they'll give you like a tracking system. I, I would, I'll, I would pitch the one that I use, but, um, we don't, they're not sponsoring us right now and I'm not giving away no free lunch, no free lunch here. PSA if you want to sponsor us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the card shop that I use, if you want to sponsor us too, you can, um, I guess I would have to tell you, about our podcast first, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's some advice on, on grading and like Julian, you've got a few cards in, in, into PSA, which like I showed you some of the prices, like the difference between the raw and yeah. the, and it, it makes a huge difference. And like, I have a wedding coming up in September and I plan on funding, honestly, like 50% of it from cards I'm getting back from PSA, because if it costs me a hundred dollars to send in, uh, you know, five cards and I, you know, I'll send it in like five cards a week or whatever it is. If, if I think those cards can get me 400 to $500 and that's not going to happen every time, of course, but even like the little margins where you send in a card that is worth $40, if it grades as a PSA nine and you just had the raw version that was going to sell for four, it's like, okay, if you take out that $20, you're still making 15 bucks on the card, which um, it doesn't seem like a lot when, when, but when you have 30 cards like that, yeah. Um, mix it in. So, all right. That is all we have for this podcast. If you have any questions on um, PSA stuff, just hit me up on Twitter. I'm more than happy. What you got to... going? What you got going for Super Bowl food today, Kyle? Uh, Super Bowl food. We have, we're making homemade pretzel bites. Mm. Um, we have all this food, but it's only us two. So it's like, it's hard to, Same. 
yeah, so nice. <laughs> like we went shopping yesterday and we're like, okay, we need all these things. And I'm like, what is this for a week with us? Um, yeah. yeah, we have a, just a bunch of like cheese and crackers and uh, chips and dip and stuff like that. What about you guys? Uh, making spinach balls, which is like, it's like oh, wow. spinach and uh, breadcrumbs and like kind of held together with like a little egg. So it's like kind of like a, a bready spinach. Are you frying it? Batter? No, you bake them. Okay. And then I make like a hot mustard. Dang. Yeah. So that's good. Um, what else am I making? Uh, we're making like some bean dip, you know? Bean dip's good. Bean dip with jalapenos and cheese, cream cheese, you know? Uh, then we have Top of the Tater, your favorite. Dude, Top the Tater. Oh, take me away. Just, uh, it will. It'll I can bathe. I can bathe on top of the <laughs> oh, tater. That's disgusting. It is gross. I shouldn't. Say and that with that, we will end the podcast. Yeah, uh, Julian. Do we have a guest for this uh, our podcast this week? Oh, uh, we do. Yes. Yes. Okay. We're going to be Sweet. recording on Monday. Um, okay. For a Thursday release, so we're going to get a little bit ahead of schedule. So we won't be talking much wolves, um, but we got some other stuff. I'll leave it. I'll leave it. A, I'll leave it a surprise for now. We actually have a guest. We're not lying this time. Yeah. We we had a little technical difficulties last week. Expected to have a guest, but you just got more of us. So apologies if you're only listening to this podcast to hear other people. Um, if, that, <laughs> if that's the case, if I would advise case, you to listen to a different podcast. There are many other podcasts out yeah. there. We we have no illusions about the saturation of the podcast market. Um, yeah, thanks think, for listening. <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening. Tell your friends about us. We're getting more and more uh, listens, which is super great. great. And if there's things you guys want implemented in the show, we're all ears. We are doing the show for you all. So um, keep sending the notes because we like that and it makes us feel better about ourselves. And absolutely, when you're just sitting at home all day, sometimes you need that. Um, all right, go Wolves. Uh, Super Bowl prediction, Julian, real quick. Chiefs, right? Yeah, I think that's the easy answer. Chiefs, um, if you're a Vegas betting person, Chiefs over 30, Bucks under 27. Mahomes MVP, odds aren't great, but still take him because of the Chiefs win. He's going to be there. Uh, Travis Kelsey, give me the over on seven and a half catches. We'll find out, um, obviously, later this week if that happens. Um, you'll you'll already know if you're listening. Because my take is I think that the Bucks are going to do everything to take away those big Chiefs plays. And Mahomes is just going to hit Kelsey over and over and over again for those yeah. 8 to 11 yards. So, um, which then again, I guess, maybe Kelsey MVP. Think It'll be it. interesting to see if they can put any pressure on Mahomes. Yeah. Because I think that'll also kind of help that Travis Kelsey. The bet. Bet as well. So I think it's a smart one. So smart money, you heard it here first, even though by the time you hear this podcast, you will not be able to take advantage of it. You'll hear it last. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. You know, you say that it feels right.